This podcast is brought to you by ESET, the global leaders in cybersecurity. ESET business solutions range from endpoint and mobile security to encryption, two-factor authentication, and advanced threat detection. And they've just introduced their new endpoint security management platform called ESET Protect. The ESET Protect business security bundles take security to a whole new level. For small businesses and MSPs, I recommend ESET Protect Advanced to cover all your security bases. ESET Protect Advanced includes endpoint protection, cloud sandboxing for advanced threat detection, and prevention, full disk encryption, file server security, and cloud-based console. Right now, you can save 20% with this limited time offer. So you're not only getting best-in-class cloud-managed protection against advanced attacks, you're enjoying a significant discount. Not yet convinced? Don't worry. You can also get a free trial and an interactive demo at business.eset.com radio. Get 20% off ESET's new business cybersecurity bundle, ESET Protect Advanced, at business.eset.com radio. Welcome to The Awakened Soul. I am CEO Hayes. This show is going to be a little bit different to anyone who already listens to podcasts. It's going to be a little bit of everything here, but it's all going to be part of a greater good port. The point of this podcast is to serve a purpose is to cause thinking, generate thought, provoke thought in conversation. This podcast isn't about me. It's about the listeners. It's about each and every one of you who interact with this podcast. And before we start the first episode, I wanted to just welcome each and every one of you for taking the trip with me through this journey and just to get you ready for what you're going to hear on this podcast. This podcast is a labor of love. It's something that I'm starting and I'm doing because I love. I, I love this type of thing. I love to 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 think. I love to have conversations that, like I said at the beginning, that ultimately provoke thought. Ones that when you walk away from it, hopefully, at least that's the goal of this, is to have everyone who listens to this either learning something or walking away from this just thinking deeper on something that they might not have not have necessarily thought about before. I have other podcasts that I, that I do, and those are also labor of love, but this one is, is just a little bit different. So on this podcast, you're going to hear some talk about music, some talk about movies and films, some talk about news and things going on in with our culture and our community. It's going to be fun. It's going to be thought provoking. Like I, I don't want to make it sound like it's all just going to be just a bunch of just seriousness on this podcast. It's going to be a little bit of everything. We hope to have fun. That's ultimately what all this is about is to have fun. Again, anyone who know already knows me before this podcast knows that I love. I just love deeper thinking. I love people who can look at things from a deeper level. And also, I just love talking uh, about certain things. I love talking about music. Music is something that I'm so passionate about. Um it's ridiculous. Like I, 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 in music nowadays, it's going in a different direction. Um, not necessarily wrong direction with some people try to try to make it. It's all about to speaking to the audience who, who loves that type of music or whatever it is. And you're going to get those conversations here. You're going to get some advice here. Some, we have at the tail end of this podcast, it's going to be a, a question and answer segment, questions that have been submitted to me that we're going to answer. We're going to try to work through. And like I said, ultimately, it's about generating thought. So let's go ahead. Enough of me talking, even though this is a podcast, but enough of me talking generally. We're going to take a, a brief break with some music to intro the show. And after we get into that, 
It's episode one of The Awakened Soul. Thank you. starting this podcast i thought about what is it that what's the first thing that i want to talk about do i want to answer some questions that were submitted by some people that i trust some some really deep and 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 thought-provoking questions about relationships do i want to talk about music or do i want to talk about a few movies that i've seen and the first thing that i do want to talk about is is a, a couple of films the first one which is is way deeper than just a surface level uh enjoyment that i got out the movie and that's detroit this film is just so eye-opening and the cast in this film was just utterly amazing at that on top of that um this movie is about the riots in detroit in 1967 well it's not really about the riots the riots are really just kind of the setting and in the situation in which the the story that's being told is going on within and that was the the Algiers motel incident and and what what it is just to boil it down to not do a whole synopsis of the whole plot is that during the Detroit riots um there was an incident going on in the motel where some police officers abused their power uh it 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 resulted in the death of three black men and the beatings of, of a whole bunch of other people, um, I believe that it, it was a couple of Caucasian people in it as well. So it wasn't just an attack on just black people, even though that's that's kind of what what started it. Um, but, you know, like I said, definitely look up the the Detroit riots, the 12th Street riots, as they're referred to uh, happened in 1967. Um, the, the cast here, Jim Boyega, Will Poulter, um Anthony Mackie's in, in the movie like it the, the cast in this movie it was very well acted it was directed amazingly um by Catherine Bigelow who also directed uh oh, I'm sorry I'm at a loss to, to the other movie that she directed that was also just as great um it, it was Zero Dark Thirty she so she was also the director of Zero Dark Thirty those two movies alone have really made me a fan of her this movie like i said it's so thought-provoking and relevant um even though this the this these this incident happened in in 1967 which is well over 50 years ago um it's still poignant to like things that's that's going on now when you look at the the black lives matter movement and the things that happened in ferguson missouri which i just recently moved away from st louis so i I was living in st louis during that time and that was definitely a time where even though i didn't live in ferguson it it affected my family have a lot of family that lives in ferguson i have friends that live there and i lived a little bit outside of that so the the day-to-day uh 
craziness of what was going on with those riots, I wasn't directly affected by as far as being involved in them or it affecting the way that I had it necessarily my day to day life or my kids life. But it did affect people who I care about and people that were close to me. Um, but to, to link that back all to the into the movie, you know, this story was something that, hey, I, I wasn't that that fully aware of before uh watching this movie i know about it a little bit offhand but the fact that these officers killed somebody and then it was almost pawned off on a black man a security officer melvin dismukes because he did carry a gun that was that was similar to to what happened in, in those murders it's just you know do it, it brings you to thinking of even though the times change what really changes and things go up and down everything comes back around style fashion everything and something like this shouldn't be like it it's it's it, it's something that i'm really passionate about as far as thinking about people who misuse power and i'm biracial if, if anyone doesn't know we'll get that out out the books right now i am a biracial person um even though you wouldn't necessarily know by looking at me my dad's my dad's white german and irish um but it's not even about that. I grew up in Europe. I, I came from a bi- biracial marriage. So, you know, looking at at that alone, you know, the, when I grew up, race was not a big thing to me at all. I remember it almost like it was yesterday. I was in third or fourth grade and my dad came to pick me up and I had never, never before that moment ever even thought about race or the fact that my dad was white or the fact that it was even something that wasn't common. So my dad came to pick me up from school and he comes to the classroom and the teacher's like, oh, CJ, your dad's here. And so a young CEO, Hayes, I'm just like, oh, my dad's here. Let's go. I'm ready to go. The kid who sat next to me, his name was Justin. I will never forget it. Stopped while I was getting my backpack and said, wait a second. Your dad's white. I'm like, yeah, I, I guess he is. Got my stuff, went to sc- went left school, came back to school the next morning. And before class started, that was literally all the kids had to ask me about. Well, your dad's white. What does that mean? Is your mom black? We thought you were black. I'm like, well, I I mean, I am black. Uh, I am half white, too. I mean, I'm I, I, I it blew my mind because before that time, like I said, I had never thought about it like it just was not something that crossed my mind and i get asked questions all the time like was it difficult growing up as a result of a of a mixed relationship and i'm like no not honestly not at all besides getting a few questions about it i can't say that i ever felt like i was treated differently or it was a big deal and you know i i look back into why why was that and it was because you know my parents raised me at a very early age i learned to realize that, hey, you be comfortable in who you are. As long as you do that, everything else is going to be okay. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. My mom has a famous phrase that I say all the time. It's when you when you realize that whatever someone else thinks or feels about you really isn't any of your business, you'll stop worrying about what people think. And she said that over the course of my whole whole life like it just it was amazing the fact that uh she installed that in me very early on and it's something i carry with me to this day i do not care what people think about me i'm 100 completely comfortable in who i am 
And that's something I put in my kids. It's something, like I said, my mother put in me. And I look back at how many people don't really are not able to have that type of mindset. And, you know, you you, you see a lot of people who are, are really, really affected by things that other people say or they feel about them. And, you know, not to toot my own horn, I've just never, never really been one of those people. And, you know, that's something that I think that we all need to make and be and realize and try to put out there more is be 100 percent comfortable in you once you do that it doesn't matter but you know i'm sorry i got on a whole tangent there you know prepare for this podcast because you're going to learn a lot about me as a person and you know let me know what you think about it also you know uh send me any emails to the awakened soul podcast at gmail.com um and also or if you're on twitter use the hashtag awakened soul that'll also get to me too but to get back to this movie um detroit it's it's just it's important to get stories like this out it's important to, to it helps awareness of our young people uh, old people whoever that don't either remember or kind of forgotten like these these things that have gone on in society um it's just it, it keeps happening it keeps keeps happening and makes you think well 50 years from now will we be getting a movie about the ferguson riots and then how will those that generation react to the same thing i think it's important to get stuff like this out and you know kudos off to Catherine bigelow to to tell this story and to direct it in such a good way and to the the production company also that that, that put out a movie like this it's like i said it's it's real poignant to what's going on in society today and this movie was just it was it was mind-blocking it's not the best movie in the world i said there's of course better movies and there's there's people who of course will find their issue with this movie but i'm more focused on the story that this movie told and it told one hell of a story and like I said, I, I, I think this is something that everyone should go see. Everyone should experience this. We should be supporting this. And like I said, it's, it's just a story. And it's sad. Like when you see the things that are happening and it makes you wonder how much is really changing about our society. Um, and, you know, man, it's, it's, it's just crazy. And I love seeing stuff like this. Um, but, you know also as another side thing we so we that that's that's me talking about the movie detroit let me know what you think about it let me know if you enjoyed it what did you enjoy about it and also this cast um like i said the cast was amazing but specifically john boyega you know you'll see him in in the star wars movies um this guy he was in the circle too which the circle was an okay movie but he he acted very well in that i i seriously think that this guy is, is the star that we need to all be watching out for over the next few years he's going to get big and i think that you know he, he keeps killing it with roles like this he's going to get the mainstream appeal from being in the in those star wars films it's it's important to support and notice young talent like that because 10 years from now we could be looking at john boyega as one of the better actors in hollywood and hats off hats off to this performance hats off to everyone involved in the creation of this film um and so you know that was a serious note and i did get off into some pretty serious and deep topics there like i said let me know what you think about it hashtag the awakened soul um let me know about that let me know what you feel reach out to me um ceo hayes on all social media if you want to that's twitter snapchat 
Instagram. On social media, it's CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. Speaking about the movie Detroit, this brings me to our Stay Woke segment of this podcast. Stay Woke. Stay Woke. Stay Woke. Stay Woke. You know, thinking about a movie that's set in Detroit naturally brought my mind to Flint, Michigan, and the water crisis going on in Flint, Michigan. One that they're working towards is now getting into a, a better place than what it has been almost since it started, but it's still not good. They're not expected to have the water completely safe into 2020, which we'll, we'll get into. Um, but, you know, the Flint, Michigan water crisis, let, let's just go over the facts here, and, and it's called the Stay Woke segment for a reason and it's just to generate thought and conversation and to keep something in focus that's going on um in 2011 losses to the manufacturing uh industry in in flint michigan caused unemployment and uh the employment rate actually changed from eight percent went from eight percent to 23 percent from 2000 to 2010 2011 is when a decision was made for the state of michigan to take over financial control of flint michigan shortly after that darnell early was appointed as the emergency financial manager by the governor and in in a role that was widely um said that the whole purpose of of that position was to cut the budget of Flint, Michigan at any cost. In 2014, Flint, Michigan changed their water supply from Lake Heron to the Flint River. At the time of making that change, they knew that the water would have to be treated to be considered drinkable. Just a few months after this change, residents in Flint, Michigan started reporting that their water was tasting funny. Some said that the water was turning brown and that it smelled weird is the best way to describe it um basically over the course of of the next few years uh we had government officials that were seen drinking the water they went on news drinking the water which was almost proven to be fake at that time um and and there's been so many reports to come out that you know the government skipped mandatory testing they fake testing results to the water in flint michigan and Again, this all started in, I believe, May of 2011. It's August of 2017. And while the water is now considered at acceptable levels, residents of Flint, Michigan are still being instructed to use bottled water or filtered water. And let's get into the details of why this exactly happened. So in, in the move of moving uh, the, the, the water supply from Lake Heron to the Flint River, um, there was a series of pipes that were lead based and because the water was not treated to go through those pipes before it went into everyone's home it it caused erosion in those lead pipes which then put lead in the water of flint michigan um like i said it's been several things to come out um at at one point the 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 state of michigan sued the city of flint michigan just keep a focus on what's going on here and this is what i mean by keeping a focus and and doing a little research and knowing what's going on and just seeing the little things that are behind what the news necessarily puts out and you know i'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means i don't get probably as involved as i should or or dig as deep as i should on some of the things that's reported on the news but i i do pay attention and i do you know put things together and i and i do 
like to know what's going on in our society and and track things like this like the the what happened in the in the city of flint michigan is ridiculous it it makes no sense that so many balls were dropped over the course of of the switch and it was all to keep a, a mind on the bottom dollar and not really think about how that can affect families like we've had children and kids and family i said children and kids which are one and the same but you get my point is that this affected people it affected families and there's people who are still being affected by this and the fact that now it's still not expected to be till 2020 to where everything is finished just to let you know on how quick they switched it over to save money and i and i get to a point that you need to cut money you need to keep a city financially stable but at the same time you can't do that at the behest of keeping your citizens safe and healthy and so you know i'm not going to get all the way there's there's so much more here we can have a whole podcast and just talking about everything that's come out about um this this flint michigan water crisis and just like i said how many balls are dropped by our government and congress and everything else to go along these lines um let's just hope that you know, they they get that done, you know, in July, just this past July, the Flint Fast Start initiative initiative was announced. Um, and hopefully that's found to be successful. Hopefully it's found to replace and get clean water in more homes gradually faster than that 2020 uh, completion date. Let's just hope, you know, um, for anyone who's listened to this, who may be in Flint, Michigan, know someone who's in that area who moved from that area. Um, I really want to send out my condolences, you know, not not. I don't want to make it sound too dour, but but no one should have to go through that. Like, you know, water is one of those things that we all kind of take for granted. The fact that we all have clean water running through our house. Um, so let's keep in mind. Let's keep those people uh, in our mind. Like I said, let's be mindful of what's going on there. And like I said, this is as we get more into this podcast, I didn't want to jump right into it and, and into too much stuff to, to point out things that we've been lied to, not necessarily just by our government, but things that society have been found to be blind to um with this first stay woke segment but you know this is just one that naturally my mind went to after seeing the movie detroit um so we're going to take a brief break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk and get into a little bit more fun segments of this podcast how long has it been i don't know two years maybe you getting some this weekend straight up you're gonna get at least two dicks this weekend for crying out loud dina we only gonna be there for three days well three dicks then you know what? I need you to use your lady mouth. I need you to use your lady mouth. <laughs> that was the trailer for Girls Trip. Um, in that movie, I, I actually just saw that movie today, the day that I'm recording this, which is Sunday, August 6th. And let me tell you, this movie was one of the funnier movies that I've seen so far this year. Um, the all-female main cast, which included Queen Latifah, Regina Hall, uh, Tiffany Yaddish and Jada Pickett Smith. And this movie was, like I said, it was one of the funnier movies that I've seen this year. Um, I love the fact that overall the mo- movie had a very positive message. It wasn't just all about the comedy or just about people doing stupid things, even though there was plenty of crazy craziness that happened in this movie, mainly from T- Tiffany Yaddish's character who keep a lookout for her. She's, she's, I'm not saying she's the best actress in the world, but she could very well fill these comedy characters um, for the rest of her career. And also, you know, a lot of times when people do comedy later down the road, we find out that they have 
more of a serious actor or actress in this case uh, ability and and you know just so just keep an eye, eye out for her like I said about uh, Boyega in in the Detroit movie but this movie let me just tell you there is a part in this movie where there's a bum who comes to their hotel room looking for a prostitute and it one of the more laugh out loud moments that I've had in in a considerable amount of time the music in this movie as you can probably tell by this podcast music is a big part of this podcast um music is a big part of my life and they had some some really good throwback stuff that that reminded me just of of when i was younger hearing this type of music but uh lorenz tate was in this movie michael mike coulter who was luke cage who's a, a great actor as well was was in this movie this movie had almost everything that you look for from a comedy. It had serious moments. It had, like I said, that overall story, which is about friendship and finding yourself and uh, standing up for yourself. And I think that's a very positive uh, message to send, especially to to women who this this movie. I'm not saying it's marketed towards, but it's going to be a lot of women that go see this movie on the girls nights or going out with with their friends. I suggest everybody see this movie. Like I said, I'm not going to go into a whole synopsis of breakdown. And it wasn't a movie on the, on the depth of really getting down and, and, and breaking it down. Like we will do with some of these movies in the future, but I definitely wanted to just, it stuck with me. The fact that I saw this movie and that it was, like I said, one of the better comedies I've seen in a while. And I definitely wanted to talk about it and just mention it. Uh, Regina Hall is a great actress. Jada Pickett, who really doesn't do many films nowadays, still has it. You, you'll find a lot of comedy from her in this movie. And just what can I say about Queen Latifah? She's been doing this for God knows how long. and She's been consistent pretty much in everything that she does. Um, so go see this movie. I guarantee you'll like it. I guarantee you have something that you laugh, laugh about in this movie. If you haven't seen it already. It's been out. It's been out for a while now. Um uh, a couple of weeks so maybe most of my audience or most of the people who are listening to this will see this movie but i want to know what did you guys think about the movie again email me use the hashtag the awakened soul on twitter or instagram wherever you're, you're posting things at post a video telling me how you feel about it i'll pull that audio and play it on the podcast next week but i wanted to talk about this movie because i think especially in black film you don't see many uh, movies that are led by women, especially comedies too at that. They're, they're a dime a dozen, especially of this quality. So definitely go check that movie out. We're getting ready to get into uh, The Cypher, which is our music conversation. Uh, I have a guest on, Fame Black. You'll, you'll, you'll hear him. You'll definitely enjoy it. But when we come back from this break, we'll be talking. I'll let you guys find out what we're going to be talking about. Stay tuned. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to a hundred, nigga, real quick. They be on that rap to pay the bill shit. And I don't feel that shit, not even a little bit. Oh, Lord. The whole industry been in shambles. Everybody fugazi, I'm just changing the channel. Kendrick Lamar, the people's champion. I'm animal for analysts. Career damaging verses, meditating when candles lit. I like my raps extra prolific. Some freestyling, no lunch tables and park benches. Ladies and gentlemen, and uh, this is the Cypher segment of the Awakened Soul podcast and we have honestly one of my closest friends as far as as far as po- the podcasting world um Mr. Flame Black Flame oh Jesus Fame Black the Snapchat mm-hmm. extraordinaire the nature boy is in the building for anyone who doesn't know Fame Black 
by the end of this, you will get to know, get to learn a lot about him, but I'm sure he's going to plug his other things. Fame. How does it feel to step into the cypher for the first time? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm the first person to step into the cypher, right? The very first person. Okay, so it's going to need some redecorating. Um, we're going to have to put an Andre 3000 poster over there on that wall. But other than that, it feels great to be here. It feels like <laughs> somebody just moved into a new apartment and you bring over the housewarming gift and it looked like shit, but it's like, hey, we about to build this shit up. This is about to be the room to party in. So... Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that, that should be all, the goal. I see all the potential. <laughs> so we're here and, I, you know, I, this is the first podcast, this is the first episode. So I wanted to pick something. Maybe we aim too high. Uh, I, I don't know. For this, for this culture, I think that this is a conversation that a lot of people have had and continue to have just because their careers parallel each other so much. But we're taking yeah. the, taking this from talking about Drake's career versus Kendrick's career. And we have a couple of key topics here that we're going to talk about. The first being, who who do you enjoy more out of Kendrick Lamar and Drake, or do you enjoy them both equally? And that let's just start. Let's just take that. We, that that leaves a lot to talk about right there. Let's let's talk about that okay. first. Drake Kendrick. All right. Who who's your pick? Um. It's, oh, first of all, it's, it's it's Drake. It's Drake all day. Like Drake makes music for all my moods, and I feel like. And I know I'm the minority on this. I feel like I have to be in the mood to listen to Kendrick Lamar. Like if a cop looks at me the wrong way, now I'm going to throw on some Kendrick Lamar. If, <laughs> if, uh, you know, if I'm watching, uh, Mississippi Burning for some reason it's on Netflix, then I'm going to listen to some Kendrick Lamar. Like I, but Drake is, I'm smoking. I'm listening to Drake. I'm hanging with a girl. I can listen to Drake. I'm riding by myself. I feel a little gangster. I can listen to Drake. Like it's just, I think he makes more diverse music. Okay, I can I can understand that, and you know I think a lot of people feel that. Well, you say you're in the minority. I don't I don't necessarily know if you're in the minority as far as whose whose music hits more areas because Drake he 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 makes music for the commercial for the for the radio, and so you do get more of a um a widespread type of music from Drake. I think absolutely. Um, what's your favorite Drake song? Ah, that's difficult. Um, I would I like uh, uh damn that's so hard. You just hit me with a fucking blind. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll go with uh, what like sold me on it. Um, I like a night off, and it's it's actually on its so far gone mixtape, and um, it's got Lloyd on it, and it's just like this cool. He's like, you know, it's it's, it's about if you never heard it, it's about this girl. Like obviously, right? It's a Drake song. Uh, he he's just. Talking to this girl like, hey, listen, I know I'm busy. I know I'm in the studio all crazy. I know I'm working hard on being famous, but tonight I took off just to be with you. And the way that the sound is so melodic, it's so good. And then he raps at the end. And, you know, some people don't want to give it to him, but Drake is a nice rapper. Whether he wrote it or someone else did, he delivers it very nicely. Well, yeah, absolutely. And um, I don't think you can argue like Drake's flow at all because it, it's dope. Like I, a lot of people now in the game copy that, you know, he kind of took it from Big Sean and, and mixed it up a little bit. But yeah, his flow is, is ridiculous. I, I don't think anybody can really argue that that point. Um, Now, as far as me personally, you already know this before the, the podcast yeah. audience. Kendrick Lamar is like he's he's creeped into one of my favorite MCs of all time but <laughs> i i look at i look at rap differently and i know that i look at it from a different angle because for me when i look at rap i look at at MCing like old school 
the feel of the music, um, what what emotion I get from your music. And while Drake's music is good, I, I don't have that emotional impact like I do from a Kendrick Lamar um, uh. CD. Like I, listening to him specifically to Pimp a Butterfly, like that's a good album. That album, like when you listen to that, it's 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 just crazy. You'll go through almost every emotion on the spectrum, and then off damn. The Duckworth, that that track, I don't know if you've, you've like listened to it. Yeah, that story I, yeah, that he yeah, told, yes, yes, amazing, amazing. But so, for, so for me, it's Drake. Um, but I, I mean, I'm sorry, for me, it's Kendrick. But I, I understand, you know, I know I'm, I look at music a little differently than anybody. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm well, a little also, weird there. Well, no, no, I think, I think actually more people look at it like you in the sense of, uh, when you got hip hop heads, like people that like dip themselves in hip hop and kind of pure, they call it like, like hip hop purists. They kind of just kind of group together. And I'm not saying that you're one because you're a bit more open minded, but you got some people just pulls off and they won't accept Drake because he has made songs that are specifically for the radio. And it's like, Oh, he's not real, real rapper. And they will, they'll shut him out of the conversation. But as for me, Drake, especially early Drake, Drake rapped about oh, yeah. being, being in love with all these girls and trying to be famous at the same time. And that is me to a T. Like I under like when he said things like uh when you talk about like I just wanted to be famous and I was waiting on you like I get it like I'm like yeah because I had girls like that I was like I'm gonna stand by you while you do this and then you know they couldn't and you know I'm still on the route to be famous so I understand it yeah, so it hits I'm- me harder I think. Absolutely. And I mean, that's what, that's the beautiful thing about music in general, no matter what the type of music or anything, it's, it's, you can get something personal out of it that nobody else can quite get out of listening to that same album, the same CD, the same song. So, you know, that, that's important in music in general. Um, (laughs) so as, as far as, as far as pure rapping, just going in there, delivering a hot 16, who, who are you picking there? (laughs) Um, just a hot sixteen. I don't know, like, yeah, a hot sixteen. I'll give it to I'll give it to Kendrick. Kendrick can rap. That is his thing. He can rap. He can flow. He got voices. He's got personality. His cadence is is really unprecedented. So yeah, hot sixteen. I'm gonna give it to Kendrick. I got. I wouldn't. I don't count on Drake for a hot sixteen. I count on Drake for a hot song. And I mean, that's the perfect way to describe the difference between them two. These two is that Drake is all about the song, complete song. Kendrick, while he can put together songs masterfully, it's it's all in the in the lyrics and what he's saying with him. So I I agree with you there. Who do you think? What? Hey, what do you think's been Kendrick's best overall album? He only has three. Well, four if you count four if you count Section Eight, which I'm not sure a lot of people really how well widespread that is but who do you think has delivered the best just single album all right i mean if we're gonna just go the best single album then it's it's so it's so far gone and it's it's a drink because that's that's just but that's just one of my top five favorite albums like that is so of course if i had to make the, the discrepancy but i will say out of kendrick three um they're, they're all solid uh i think i'll go with um Good City, Mad Kid, like that's probably my favorite. Uh, just like it's it's one of those things where I can call back. It's like, yeah, damn, it's good. Yeah, it's a Pimp a Butterfly. That's an excellent album. But the way that I was feeling when I first picked up Good City, Mad Kid, and the way I felt after, 
that can't be matched. That can't be redone. And uh, you know, poetic justice. That that was a good one. And oh, I mean, man. not just because I had Drake. I mean, not just because I had Drake on it. I I could have listened to it without Drake. That's just a good song. Like I vibe to that song. Poetic justice and um, don't kill my vibe are two of not only my don't favorite. Kill my vibe too. Yeah. Yeah, those are two of my favorite songs ever. Like when I listen to "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe," like seriously, it will take me from being in a bad mood to a good mood. That's how much I relate to that. Um, that song, like that, that song is just amazing to yeah. me. Uh, and the Pimple Butterfly, like I said earlier, I just think that that that's that's in my top ten albums of all time, absolutely, and. I don't I don't think Drake has one that places on my top 10 of all time. But for some reason, like the overall body of his work um, and what what he's able to because Drake is always on the radio. I don't I don't think has there has there ever been a period in time in which a single which Drake is it's either his single. He has a verse or chorus on has not been on the radio since he debuted. I don't think like it's always some type of Drake music on the radio. And for that, that staying power alone, I think really is telling of what he's able been able to do in the music business because it's not that many people yeah. can say that Bob. well drake is drake is a good hand drake is a good worker um there was a hiatus after thank me later came out um after all the singles kind of played i think find your love was the last single he kind of let it he kind of let his vibe die out before he came back and slammed everybody with yolo um that song with Rihanna, take care, uh, headlines, like it all, it, that, those all came out within the same month or the same, like six weeks. Absolutely. And, uh, he had, he had taken some time off. You gotta be a real Drake fan to know that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, we got, we got two more things to, to, to get to until we finish this that I want to get your, your thought on in this conversation. And, yeah, uh, you got, <laughs> you got to have all the thoughts. I love this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't get to I don't feel like like I don't feel like Drake gets defended in the right way to people who are locked into that like, he FC he had a ghostwriting team he um you know been in some situations where he's not the most gangster person whatever he never told you that he was gangster and, and I mean you can't hate on uh, for me you can't hate on somebody for having a job like if I worked at the grassy. I'd be trying to be like, oh, he just uses connections. I'd be trying to use them same connections, so I don't understand what the problem is. Everybody would. And then, like, you're stupid right, for, exactly. you, you'd be and stupid then, for not trying to use your connections. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, it, 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 I just feel like he's not defended enough in a way, like, people don't look at him objectively enough. And despite that, he's still a success. And despite that, still bested a battle rapper who, who's all right. He, he bested him. Who are you, who are you talking? Which rapper are you talking about? I'm talking about, I'm talking about? I'm talking about Meek Mill right now. Oh Jesus! Like uh, Meek Mill's is don't and don't get me wrong, the dude is a talented artist in his own right, but he took so many L's. Like his the last two years of his life has just been the biggest L that I think have has anyone has ever consecutively taken in their life. Well, well, let me ask you: Did you have you listened to Wins and Losses? I have, and it's a great CD. Right, I I feel like he. He took that all in. Yeah. And I, yeah, he had, um, I can't remember which radio station he was on, but he, he's been really reflective of, of the things that he's been going through. And I think that we're seeing a, 
coming off these L's that he's taken, we're seeing a more mature Meek Mill, and I think that we're going to get a better art, better artist out of it over the next couple of years. Definitely, definitely. I, I, I would hope so. I would not just because he's from Philadelphia like me, but just because that's how it should be. Like, yeah, you can make mistakes. He was young and rowdy. He, he spoke out of line against somebody he thought he could take down. He thought he thought he had the kryptonite. He don't write his own raps, and he thought people would care. But it's, it was 2015, and nobody gave a fuck. Exactly. It, 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 know your error. That's, that's, you got to know the error that you're in. Um, before right. we get, before, now, if he had dropped ahead. that in the 90s, there would be no Drake. Exactly. <laughs> if it was 1996 and Meek Mill was like, yeah, Drake don't write his raps and they got proven, oh, his career would have been over. But yeah, know your error because that, that did nothing. It didn't <laughs> damage not one record sale. Not even in a fact, little bit. the numbers went up. <laughs> yeah, he just... Back he, to back. He torpedoed his own success at that point in time. But, uh, you know, I think he's going to come back up. I don't think he's going to, in the long run, I think Big Mills is going to be okay because he actually learned from his mistakes, unlike a lot of people. But mistakes, to, to segue from that. Yeah. Drake's, Drake's tattoo of Lil Wayne's face on his shoulder. Your thoughts on that? What, what was Fame's black initial reaction to, to seeing that? Oh, uh, all right. So, you know, it's, he is the stepping stone. Like, it's, it's just, it is what it is. Like, that, there would have been no Drake without Lil Wayne. Like, if Lil Wayne didn't come out and endorse this man when Lil Wayne was the hottest rapper in the world, Drake's career, who knows? That guy from Degrassi, who knows? But he had the best rapper in the world at the time. Uh, vouching for him. And that, that's powerful. And Drake is, we're talking about his, his body of work, his success, his achievements, his accomplishments, uh, Grammys, uh, awards, magazine covers, owls everywhere. You know, he owes that to, I mean, I don't, not all of it, but the step, the start is to Lil Wayne. So, I mean, if he feels like this is the perfect way to say thank you, and per- Lil Wayne is a tattoo head, as we know, uh, you got it. I, I, I wouldn't have done it, but you got it. If that's how you say thank you. That's how you, if I would have just paid him. I gave him some money <laughs> or something. But yeah, I mean, I, I I can understand that kind of gratitude. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I I guess I can understand. I can understand the thought behind what he did. But the, to get another man's face tat, like I was raised. Well, I to, just I like let's just start putting running back. I don't think anybody should be getting faces of anybody on anybody unless it's your just, kid. I, I, I even so I just feel like it's weird to have my face like a real person's face like a sketch artist version of it in your yeah I just weird to me I don't like pictures I don't like uh tattoos of people's faces yeah uh, it, it, when, I, when I first saw it I I thought like no nah, there's no way he got that I'm like somebody somebody superimposed that on this picture I, I don't believe it but no it, well, it he was... also has he also has a Leo right yeah he does he, which you know when someone's deceased i guess i can understand a little bit more and of the opposite sex but to get a, a full-grown but man's he, face tattoo he didn't on, even know Aaliyah, you know yeah yeah like, <laughs> they didn't even come out in the same era 2001 drake wasn't even on degrassi yet just like <laughs> what all right well i guess yeah yeah man all right let's get <laughs> I, I had he's, it, I had he's to say weird with tattoos he's weird with tattoos that's what it is yeah that that's what it is to every and i'm i'm you know me 
I'm a tattoo head. Like I got tattoos all over the place. When I'm dressed to work, no one would know. But anytime someone see me outside of work, they're like, God damn. Uh, but yeah, I have a lot of tattoos, but I don't have any deceased rappers, no friends, no faces, but you know, that's just <laughs> me. I got my kids' names, right? That that's takes up the bulk of my tattoos is my kids' names. Um, and my but mom's name, but not, no, no faces. I, you know what? I've never even thought about getting my kids' face <laughs> tattooed on me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, moving on um okay so yeah as far as who's had more impact who do you think has changed if if either because this is, is one of those questions you don't think either one has who do you think's changed the music industry or at least the rap game the more between kendrick lamar and drake okay so all up until the meek mill beef i would just say Neither one of them has changed the game. Not, not, not for real. Uh, uh, if you look at it in a general fashion, um, Drake may have been cool enough to introduce like a, like, hey, I can rap, but I'll do songs, songs too, and I won't rap at all. But he's not the first person to do that. And Kendrick Lamar can rap his ass off, and he has good lyrics, and he has like a message in his lyrics, and he's empowering black people. But he's also not the first rapper to do that. So. The only, the only place I see changing the game, changing the whole course of how things are done is the Meek Mill Drake beef because Drake did something that was not normal. One, he made the calmest ass this song and charged up. And that went, oh, people really liked it. And then he dropped back to back, which is, it's a, it's a diss record. Yeah, but it is jam. Like you can jam to that. Like, that is a song. And so, and then he made another one in Summer 16, which is also, like, even if you don't even know what the lyrics are about, if you know nothing about the, it's just a good jam. And I feel like he was the first one to say, you know what, not only am I going to diss you, but I'm going to make a, a hell of money off of it. And I'm not even going to put it on platinum singles. I'm dissing it. And I think that's the only, like, now if there's beef in the rap game, there's no more of this like hardcore grinding. You have to jam now. It's 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 insult on injury. Well, actually, it's insult on insult. But I'm insulting you, and I made a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, and that's the, and the new, perfect fit in the face. Yeah, and that that's what it's about now. It's not necessarily just about who delivers the hottest looks. I mean, there's a, a section of the of the rap community, the hip hop heads, that look for that. But now it's about Hey, can I dish you and can I have a number one track on Billboard, iTunes, Google Play? If I, if I can do all three of those things, then I would. That, that's, which, which, if you ask me, is more talented. Like, yeah, dish you. I could, like, like, put it like this. I could be cussing you out right now. I could be like, hey, you stupid motherfucker, dumbass. Like, I could just be cussing, but I'm not really saying nothing. But if I started coming up with, like, artistic ways to do it and people go, man, that was really well spoken. And he dissed the shit out of him. That's much more, that takes much more talent. That's much more respectable. That's much more commendable to me. Absolutely. And I think that as far as this question with saying who changed the game the the more, I would have to say as much as I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of Kendrick Lamar, I would have to say Drake. And here, and here's why is because Drake, well, Lil Wayne first, but Drake kind of perfected it a little bit. And that's the crossover appeal. That's being able to hit all areas and having everyone love you at the same time and now you have yeah. people 
who, you know, the Migos, the future. I don't think these people would be around, or at least not as mainstream as they are, if it wasn't for Drake be- making it comfortable for people to sing, rap, mix it up, do whatever the hell they wanted to on the song. And he completely changed the game. Like, gangster rap was on, on the come up. Like, 50 Cent, uh, he was on the way down, oh, yeah. kind of, when, when Drake, when Drake was coming up. But that, th- there's certain times where you can look at who changed the game at what time and who was the biggest one. 50 was one of them. Jay was one of them. Biggie was one of them. And Drake, for this generation, really is, when you look at Kendrick Lamar, as great as he is as a rapper and as, as much as high up as he is on my top 10 a- as he is, He's really more of a throwback. He he stands out right now because he's doing things different from the game, but he's doing things. I, I always compare Kendrick Lamar, and a lot of people don't understand this, is that Kendrick Lamar is the rock him of this era. When you go back and look to oh, what okay, rock him. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Yeah, when you look at what rock ahead, him. When you look at what Rakim did and his like rap was about dance and party and who can get the party jumping when Rakim came up and he came stop. and made it about it, messages and lyrics. Don't stop right. Yeah, they well, were all party animals then and yeah, you, yeah. you man, that is a that is a really good metaphor. How can no one not get that? that I, every time I've made well, no, let me not say every time, but most times when I make this, people are like, What do you mean? And I've had to point out to people, like, go back and listen. Go back and look yeah, at I feel like people aren't, people don't understand what the impact of Rakim was. Exa- oh, Rakim was, he completely, like, people don't realize, like, he was the stone that was thrown in the stream at that time. Like, the game changed around him, but he was, like, that impact. He's, he really came in and just was like, damn. And, and yeah. a lot, I, I've had to tell people, like, go back and look at what was on the chart before Rakim and then come yep. back and tell me. And, and compare it to what's on the chart with with Kendrick now, and compare it to to just how that feels. And then people have come back to me like, you know what, you kind of made sense there, and that's what it is. Kendrick Lamar's this day and age is rocking. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he he does like yeah. When I that's why I say I have to be in the mood to listen to Kendrick Lamar. I have to be in the mood to throw back. I have to be in the mood to to I don't know. Like I want to like he makes me hype in a way that it's like all right, yeah. Now I feel like dangerous and he. You know, Kendrick Lamar makes me proud to feel black, which is cool. But Drake makes me like, you know, want to have chill and drink and have sex. Like these are more feelings that I like to have. As a, like I like to feel like proud that I'm black, but then you know, I have to be a powerful feeling all the time. Just a exactly. subtle pride, you know. That's the, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like yeah, he Kendrick Lamar, he comes in and he makes you feel he makes you feel things because he's very good at crafting and music. But Drake is more like yeah, I want to make you feel things, but also. I want you to vibe out and listen to this and think about that girl that you uh that unfroze you in freeze tag in first grade and how you <laughs> miss her <laughs> and how you saw her on facebook now and she then got thick as fuck <laughs> and you're like you know what i may need to take my shot <laughs> yeah you might yeah look that's, these are these are the things and i you know, i and like not for, not for nothing not to say that he's not as impactful but i just i've wit- literally witnessed two people of the opposite sex at different times cry to the same Drake song just because he was hitting that home. I don't know if anybody's cried to a Kendrick Lamar song. I'm just saying I haven't seen it. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But I've literally seen, I've seen a, a grown man weep uncontrollably. And I've seen a, 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 a white a white wasted girl, which is more acceptable, is way more believable, uh, cry at the same part of the same song. Well, there that's, you go. That's, 
that's powerful, man. That's just powerful. <laughs> so the last question um, yeah. that I have for you is 10 years from now, who is mm-hmm. going to still be? And I, I kind of I'm thinking in my mind of Jay-Z. He's changed. If you look at Jay-Z from when he first started to now, he's still relevant because he was able to mix it up. Who do you think, if either one of these guys has that staying power to where 10, 15 years down the road, they're still relevant in the music industry? Okay. Um, all right. So first, I'm just going to lay my thoughts down on what you just said. I feel like Jay, like I'm not the biggest Jay-Z fan in the world. What? I know, right? But I feel like he's been able to stay relevant because he has a sound that people like and he hasn't changed it. Like, I feel like he hasn't change like but his sound has always been good uh he has that like his confidence is unmatched and people really are drawn to it and i feel like he's always had that confidence way back reasonable doubt which is a fantastic album and um you know all the way down to uh 444 and see i feel like he has that classic feel but anyway to answer your question um kendrick 10 years down the road i feel um will be in that most deaf Talib Kweli uh, common like that bundle because uh, I I feel like oh Nas just feel like he'll make that album that people are like ah I like you but I, I'm not gonna get into this album and uh, some and and it'll have his diehard cult fans to it but it ultimately uh, he'll go less commercial as time goes on. And he'll be in that genre. Whereas as Drake, um, you know, he'll drop the hotline bling uh, when he's 50 and just it'll, it'll sell just as well. But, OK, here's the thing is that do you think a 50 Drake doing what he's doing now is one thing. But would that would that lose some of the impact for a 50 year old to be making the same type of music Drake is right now? But, and I'm, well, I, don't, I, got, I haven't I haven't spent any time thinking about this to to land on one side or the other, but this is just me asking you. No, 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 it's all good. Um, no, no, no. I well, this is what I'm saying. Uh, this think about what I just said about Jay Z. He's been relevant for so because he has that sound. Just like people are drawn to. Like, you can tell me tomorrow that Jay Z has wrote none of his own lyrics ever, and it was all Memphis Bleak. And Memphis Bleak is about to drop an album tomorrow. I'd be like, eh, I feel like Jay, though. <laughs> I can and feel that's, you. And, and, and people still feel the same thing about uh, with, about Drake. And I feel like he has that sound that people will just want to listen to continuously. Like, if you go back, if you go, like, you know, Drake sent me out since 2009, so he's running up on 10 years now. Um, you go back and you listen to So Far Gone, that's still a good album. You listen to uh, Thank Me Later, that's still a good album. That music is a good sound. It doesn't feel like, oh, you can tell this is from 2009. Like some of them, like the ones with Lil Wayne, but that's because Lil Wayne dates himself. Um, but the stuff with just Drake on it, that stuff has really felt like timeless a little bit. Like some of the, some of the classics. Over, that is always going to work. That's always a good song. It, it just, it doesn't feel like the era that it's from. So I feel like that's why he'll be able to continue is that he'll have that sound that people like. That the mainstream likes, he'll he'll be able to keep bouncing on it. Okay, just like Jack. Yeah, I can understand that, hundred percent. Um, yeah, I mean, and then I made the comparison between Kendrick and Rakim, uh, and Rakim 
he while he's still highly respected, highly, highly respected, hasn't had that staying power of a Jay-Z. So with that being said, you know, I it seems like Drake would. I, I'll just maybe it's more so I hope Kendrick has more of a staying power than that because I just enjoy him that much. But, you know, that that's pretty much it on this discussion. What I want to ask you, the very last thing, just so people can get to know more about your taste in music. Yeah, top five yeah. top five artists of all time, if you can come up with them real quick. Ah, uh, you want me to do just artists? Artists. Or you can That's do rappers if you want to do rappers. Listen, okay. I, 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 I got to keep it to hip-hop, because at least okay. I have on deck. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can do artists. I mean, Prince would be number one, but then I got it. No, let's do rappers. Let's do keep it hip-hop. Um, okay, so number one, rapper, Andre 3000. Yeah. Uh, the man, I like, to me, by far. Uh, to, to, to reference what I do on other podcasts, he is the WWE. All right. Like nobody is coming even closer, like not a section close to Andre 3000. Not only is his flow amazing, metaphors top notch, wordplay incredible, but then he can also sing and dance and, and, and play instruments and make beautiful music and stories is like, dude, phenomenal, phenomenal. Andre, uh, Number two would be Ludacris. Uh, dude is hilarious and has flow. He made that funny rap more relevant. And he's still, he's hardcore. His flow is ridiculous as well. <sighs> Number three, Kanye West. Okay. <sighs> people, people shit on him, but I'm, my flow infectious. You give me 10 seconds. I have a buzz bigger than insects in Texas. And it's funny how I ain't nobody interested. So the night I almost killed myself in Lexus. Yeah, dude is ridiculous. I, I mean, and he's, he's so cocky and confident. And if you know me, you know, I'm about it. Um, four, Drake. Uh, yeah, I already, I'm not going to get into that. If you don't know why I like Drake by now, you definitely. <laughs> Number five, uh, Eminem. Yeah. And then sometimes people below, but while he's amazing, you know, I'm not like, I don't have violent thoughts on the inside, man. Like he didn't relate to me. Like I like Slim Shady more than Eminem, if that makes sense to some fans. But you know, yeah, I like, I like the way he can rap. He can rap his ass off amazingly, but me and him just never, you know, we're not there. We're not eye to eye. We're not level to level. We don't feel the same thing. There was a time where we did, and I really was big on Eminem, but I, mean, I could not, I could, but despite that, I could never deny that man's style. Number six, bonus, Jay-Z. I know you asked me for a top five, but I threw it in there. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So that has been the cipher with our guest, Fane Black. You guys will be hearing from him again. Fane, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, they can find me on Snapchat because I'm a Snapchat extraordinaire. So I'm telling stories on Snapchat. I got, you definitely want to subscribe now. I'm like, I know it sounds crazy, but oh shit. Car just ran into another car. Uh, anyway, not going to let that throw off my promo. I have been invited to do some major, major things. Uh, working with Snapchat and the National Basketball Association. So, uh, you definitely want to get on Snapchat at Fame Black. And, and uh, I'm going to leave it at that just so you're not distracted by the other things I do. Snapchat, Fame Black, do it. Well, Fame, thank you for stepping into the cipher. 
we'll be looking to talk to you again. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. Okay, that was the cipher. Me and Fame, we went a little long there, uh, but you know it was some good discussion. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we're about to go ahead and get ready to close the show, but first, um, we were supposed to have a much larger uh, question listening listener question segment, but uh, because me and Fame ran along with the cipher, I'm actually going to only answer. Two questions uh, submitted to me from fans. I'm sorry, we don't have fans. We have listeners from listeners. Um, and I promise because th- we had a bunch submitted. So I promise that I will get to all those questions in in, in the, the next few episodes. But because we went long today, uh, I'm going to only answer two. Um, the first question, um, the first question comes from Raquel, actually, and uh uh, she's someone who who uh, we've had deep conversations about uh, things to do with relationships. I guess I'm pretty good to talk to because uh, she she likes talking to me and asking me questions. Um, but this question and uh, this one's about social media and how it pertains uh, to possibly meeting someone dating there. So the question is, do you think that a relationship that begins on social media or a dating site would last? And my answer, my answer to that one is, is fairly a simple one. Um, it's all relationships have the possibility of working. It takes a few things to make that work. A dedication. Um, you have to be devoted and dedicated to one another. You have to be open and honest. You have to do those things that, that are going to put the foundation down for your relationship. So no matter where the relationship starts, how you guys meet, it's, once you decide to be in a relationship, how you follow up with that. So, you know, to kind of flesh that out a little bit more is that if you meet someone through a dating site, through social media, you have to understand that at some point it has to expand past that. It has to get to the meeting page place. It has to get to the page of going out on dates, being still being courted just because you meet someone on social media. And also you have to realize how you met that person on social media, what what means did you go through? Um, and ultimately, with any relationship, no matter where you meet someone, you have to really be truthfully open and honest about your guys expectations. If you guys aren't equally yoked, it's not going to work, uh, at least not in, in stuff that I've seen now there. And people some people take equally yoked and think that that means that oh we have to have the exact same interest we have to always think like it's not necessarily that um it's having the same goals but also understanding that if there's a place where your significant other wants something that you necessarily do not um being understanding that maybe that's just their journey um and a good example of that is let's say for example i'm dating someone and that person cares nothing about living room furniture. They can care less whether we have living room furniture or not. Me, I'm anal about having living room furniture. It all matching the room being tranquil when you walk in it. I know I'm a little weird when it comes to my living room because that's where I spend most of my time is in my living room. Um, But you have to understand that while a living room, and I know I'm oversimplifying this, while a living room may not mean as much to you, if that means something to your spouse, give them that space for them to be able to 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 be as anal as about that if they can, but be supportive of that. You don't have to always and anyone who can only support someone that for 
if the, if you can only support someone who thinks the exact same that you or that does things that you think they should be doing that's not truly support supporting someone is being able to have them give them the space and opportunity and love and care to support the things that they love no matter what it must it, it may mean to you as long as it's not shaking the foundation or disrespecting you and your relationship give them the space to do that um and to get back i i i, I got a little off there but any relationship can work it's all about you guys and how within that relationship what you guys set up and ultimately that that open honesty and having that devotion to each other anything can work with that it doesn't really matter how you that we live in a in a tech age now you can meet someone any any way of a hundred ways but once you do meet once you do make that decision to say hey we're gonna be together what's next that's what you have to keep your mind on is what's next and what am i willing to do what am i not willing to do and being open with that person so they can tell you the same here what you can do and then you can take a checklist not really a checklist but you um can take a summary of what it is that you guys and how you're going to move forward as a couple and also don't be afraid to stay like everyone likes to rush to putting titles rush to saying hey we're together spend some time getting to know that person and that doesn't mean don't go out on dates that doesn't mean don't go out and kick it but realize that you have to spend that time to get to know that person even if you feel like you may want to be with them, it's never going to hurt putting more time into getting to know that person before you guys decide to make that ultimate move and move together as a unit. Um, so that's that's my answer to that question. I hope that it was a good one. Like I said, we have more questions submitted that we won't answer. Um, we, we got one more that we're going to answer tonight, though. Um, and this one is. Uh, one that I really was looking forward to, an- to answering. This was submitted by Chanel and it goes how women can be more confident with themselves from a male standpoint. And I want to make sure that I'm that I'm understanding this question. I guess it's uh, being more confident with men. And my answer to that one is it, it may be another oversimplified answer. I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a semi smart dude um, is that confidence is you you can't look for anyone else to boost your confidence people do and sometimes people get that from other people and it makes them feel good but what happens if that person's view on you changes to be more confident it's simple be secure in whatever you are like it's if you're for example if you're overweight embrace it i mean either you're going to do something about it which is go out and try to lose the weight or you're just going to embrace the fact that okay you're overweight so what overweight people can be sexy it doesn't matter I mean, you, you, anyone who you're going to find or who's going to be attracted to you, who you're going to ultimately want to date has to accept that if that's what you, you can lose the weight later down the road, you can gain it back. But at the end of the day, you have to be confident and secure in who you are because you ultimately have to live with you and confidence is sexy. So the thing is, how can you be more confident from a male standpoint? Be, be sure yourself, know that you are beautiful, know that no matter what else you are, you're, you're you're someone who deserves that attention. Carry yourself as such, and I guarantee you, you get as much back. Um, it's confidence is one of those funny things. How can you build confidence? 
just just do the best that you can know that you're doing the best that you can with what you can with what you with what you with what you have and that's what's gonna ultimately make you win um i i'm not from from staying from my standpoint like i talked about at the top of the podcast is that confidence has never been a problem with me just because from an early standpoint i realized that i don't care what anybody else thinks is about what i think of me and guess what am i the most handsome man in the world no am i the most in shape man in the world no but i guarantee you this you won't find anybody better than me simply because regardless of those other things that i may be shortcoming on no one matches my drive no one matches my ability to be funny nobody matches my ability to put smiles on people's faces when i choose to and so you got to know that regardless of any physical characteristics you may be feeling you're lacking it's about more than just the physical and for someone who don't you don't want to be with anyone who can't see that if someone can't see past whatever you have going on physically then don't worry about them they're not worth your time and once you get to that you're not even going to be worried about what other people think of you and that confidence is going to exude from your pores but that was the second question and then last question for this episode of the awakened soul podcast i am ceo hayes this has been episode one you guys can't imagine how excited i am about the future of this podcast look for anyone who listened to this i would love to hear feedback also share subscribe like rate do all that good stuff with this podcast interact with me if you have ideas for future episodes things that i can improve on things that you may want out of this podcast again this podcast is not about me as much as i'm the one who's sitting here presenting these things you may hear my ideas and my takes ultimately this podcast is about talking about things that are going to touch other people touch other people's soul which is going to pique your interest have you want to engage in conversation have you actually think so the format of this podcast or rather the content of it is completely wide open we can talk about anything on this podcast it's named the awakened soul because that's what we want to do we want to awaken things and people and 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 awaken your mind it goes deeper than just hey listen to this it's it's entertaining i want to talk about the topics that people want to hear talked about so that they can engage in conversation with me with other people who are like-minded the awakened soul podcast is a movement and it will be and i know you that may sound a little cocky and it's not because it's not about me it's about what this platform is going to be able to do for people and so with that being said again this is episode one of the awakened soul ceo hayes is exiting the building again all social media platforms i'm at ceo hayes at c-e-o-h-a-i-z-e you can email the podcast at the awakened soul pod at gmail.com reach out any way possible let me know what you think good night